jargon term for today is mass trial. Now, this is one of these terms that the first time I saw this, I thought we were talking about Nuremberg. I really, I'm like, what does this have to do with autism? Uh, you know, what, what are we talking about here? Uh, so let's take a look at our actual definition. Our actual definition of mass trial is repeated consecutive trials of the same SD and target. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why we do jargon of the day. Because what does that mean? If it's your first day of doing ABA, repeated consecutive trials of the same MSD, thank you, and target. What are we talking about? Let's move on to our working definition getting your child to demonstrate exactly the same target behavior. Now, if you dial back to Tuesday, we had errorless learning. Errorless learning, and I always get these two kind of confused because they're very closely related. And you know, when you're seeing it happen in the moment, it's very hard for me to know whether are we mass trialing something or are we doing errorless, but it's very simple once you know the difference. We use the example on Tuesday for errorless learning. If I'm trying to teach the receptive label of that this is a pen, meaning that I want to say pen and the child understands that this is a pen um, and I start out and I say touch the pen there's only a pen there there's nothing else to touch that's errorless learning and I might even prompt and have the child pick up the I say touch the pen take the child's hand yay it's a, there was no possibility they could have gotten it wrong right that's errorless learning now for mass trialing it's got some elements of it that resemble it but I the the difference is is that I'm I'm making sure that the only thing that I'm teaching is pen but there is the possibility at certain points that the child has the potential to get it wrong. That's the difference between mass trialing and errorless learning. So I, I got the pen here and I'm, there's only pen, touch pen, errorless learning, right? Now eventually I'm going to put things in there that are distractors, right? So I've got my glue stick. I have not already taught glue stick to the child and I'm not trying to teach glue stick to the child, right? And then I've got clip, right? And I've got these three things here and I say to the child, touch pen. The child, I might do hand over hand again, yay, you touched the pen. They could have touched the glue stick, right? And if they had, I probably wouldn't, I might say no, um, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it and I'm not going to do no. Um, I'm going to redirect them and help them, prompt them and touch pen. And then I'm going to emphasize, yay, when they touch the pen, right? Because I'm trying to begin to teach them that the before it was they were doing this thing touching pen and they really weren't getting that it's a pen, right? First step, but they were getting the reinforcement from it, right? Right? Now I'm trying to teach them to discriminate between a pen and a glue stick and a clip. And obviously these would not be the stimuli you would choose, nor would pen be the first thing that you chose, right? Uh, I'd probably start with something that they really liked, like if it was a boy who was really into matchbox cars, I would have a car here right? And then I would have something else like a comb and something else that the child didn't care about in the middle as I started. But what we're trying to teach them to do is to notice, well, this thing is different than this. And this seems to correspond when, when this crazy person who's gets so excited says the sound that sounds like pen. Um, so that's mass trialing. I'm not then going to every once in a while switch it out and go touch the glue stick. That's a different thing called random rotation. And we'll get to that on another day. But mass trialing is just teaching the same thing over and over again. It doesn't mean you don't put in distractors. And by the way, I would be moving these around. I would do one trial and I would say, touch pen. 
and the child would touch the pen, yay, or not touch the pen, right? And then I would redirect and say, touch pen, and I would prompt, right? Um, but then I'm gonna switch them up again and say, touch pen. And I might take my hand and, and you know, I, I might push the pen closer to them. I can come up with all kinds of tricks, but all I'm teaching right now is pen. And I'm gonna continue to mass trial and teach pen until the child without prompting on a regular basis is getting it right. Then I'm gonna stop teaching pen for a minute and I'm gonna move on to the next thing, which obviously, as I said, is not gonna be a glue stick, but I might start to teach, you know, let's say that I'm teaching glue stick. Maybe if I was teaching car before that I would teach bear or whatever else that, or train that the child was into, right? But for right now I'm doing the glue stick. So I wouldn't put pen in my field. I would do errorless learning with the glue stick and say touch glue stick, right? It's the only thing there. They can't get it wrong. I might still need to prompt, right? Eventually, I'm going to put in distractors, and I might put in phone, and I might put in glasses, right? Now, I'm mass trialing with, with the glue stick. There are other things they could get it wrong, um, and I'm only teaching glue stick, touch glue stick, and I'm changing it up, moving it around, touch glue stick. Uh, moving it all around again, glue stick would it'd be in all different positions, touch glue stick until they absolutely get glue stick. Then I can move on to having the pen be in here and the glue stick and I can say touch glue stick and they touch glue stick. They're starting to really discriminate and I move it around and I say touch pen and they touch pen. It's really basic stuff but you would be amazed at what a child on the autism spectrum can learn and how they can begin to learn it this way. But don't be fooled, this isn't the end of the lesson. This is only the beginning of the lesson. But it's an important beginning, it's an important way in which we begin to teach our kids things so that they actually understand them. It's only like step one and two out of like a 50 step procedure. If your ABA provider is only doing this and stopping at this, that you need to get a new ABA provider. But this is a very important step for all of you who are out there and saying, I just don't even know how to teach my child. This is a great way to start. Errorless learning, then mass trialing, and then random rotation. Make sense?